Well, good morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're glad that you're with us today as we're in this series, The Me I Want to Be. But before we kind of begin that, uh, a couple things for you guys coming up. Uh, first of all, can, can we just, like this past Friday night, we had a women's event here that was absolutely incredible. Like this room was packed out full of ladies, no testosterone at all. And uh, like it was, it was a great, great event. And uh, uh, but part of the reason I, I say that is because my, my wife actually spoke of that, and I've heard so many people just going, man, it's the most incredible, one of the most incredible messages that they've heard. So next weekend, my wife is actually going to be speaking here at, at, on Sunday morning, and so... Uh, I, and I know guys are like, oh, man, a woman speak. I'm telling you what, she will punch you in your throat and rip your heart out, and you will like it. And uh, it, it, so I want to encourage you, next weekend is going to be incredible. Then the weekend after that, we have one of the overseers of our church, Pastor David Payne from Lifesong in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, he, was, he was with us last year, and, and basically everybody in our church was like, that was the best message ever. And so, uh, which made me feel really good about myself. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to have him that week. And then the following weekend is, is last week when we made a big announcement that because our, our church has been growing so much and we've been filling up services after services after services. On the weekend of February 16th and 17th, uh, we're adding a Saturday night service. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. And uh, man, we're excited about that, to be offering that opportunity. But what that means is, is that uh, we're gonna need some of you to kind of vacate Sunday morning and come to Saturday night, help us out and create more seats for more people. Uh, what that also means is some of you have been waiting to get involved. Here's your opportunity in the back pocket in front of you. Our cars that say get connected, fill one out. Say if you're interested to get involved somewhere, get involved. We'd love to have you be a part of helping create a place for people to experience life change in Jesus. And also on that weekend is my favorite thing is we are starting our relationship series called Love, Sex, and Rock and Roll. And uh, <laughs> there's some rock, paper, scissors going on there, uh, you know, because that's what marriage is like. It's a constant battle, isn't it? And so we're going we're gonna to help uh, solve some of those problems in relationships. And so it's, if, if you've never been at Coastal for a relationship series, man, it, it is like, it's the best thing that we do. Uh, I, I promise you, it'll be crazy. It'll be good. And so, and then tonight, uh, tonight is a worship night, ending our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, so we hope that you'll join us tonight at 6 p.m. We're going to worship God. We're going to celebrate communion. People always ask, when do you do communion? Worship night. Come out. We'll do it together. It will be fantastic. So we've been in this series, The Me I Want to Be. And it's always interesting because in the beginning of the year, it always feels like it's, it's kind of this new chapter in life that everybody has uh, some new ideas of what they want their life to look like. And for some reason, when we go into the new year, it feels like when the calendar turns January 1st, it's like we have a blank space. You know, it's like a wide open space to rewrite and write what do we want this year to be like? What do we, what do we want to look like? What do we want to feel like? What do we want to accomplish this year? And I was thinking about that this week, and it reminded me uh, of school. Because anytime I was in school, there was always tests with fill in the blanks. Does anybody remember fill in the blanks as a kid? How many of you guys in here, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys were like good test takers? Go on, raise your hands. Where are all my smart people at? Yeah, you put them down. We don't like you. Uh, where, where are the normal people like myself that were not good test takers? Okay, that's the, more, that's the majority. Most of us fall into that category. And so, like, I didn't like fill in the blank test. So whenever I'd walk into a classroom and there was a test, I got really excited when it was multiple choice, right? 
Because in multiple choice, there was a chance I was going to get something right. <laughs> but when it was fill in the blank, it was like just like automatically, you dumb TJ, you know. And so that was like, because I know what the answer was. And, and so I was thinking about this idea of this new year. It's kind of like a, a, a new and fresh test. And as I was studying, I found some kids and some answers to some tests they had. There was, a, there was a, uh, an English test, and it said this. What is one thing you like to do with your family and friends? Complete the sentences below with action verbs like jump, dive, float. And this is what this kid wrote. He said, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it, move it. How many of y'all know that kid is going somewhere in life? Parents have got to be extremely, extremely proud uh, of that moment. Uh, I wasn't good at math, and so this, this is a math test, and this, find X. This kid circled it. Here it is. <laughs> Teachers, it's all about the questions you ask. That kid, that you had to give him credit for that, did you not? I mean, like that is absolutely correct answer. I found it. It's right there. <laughs> I was I was one of those kids that was not very good at at like word math problems, and so I found this word math problem that I thought, it says, Bob has 36 candy bars, he's 29. What does Bob have now? <laughs> diabetes. Bob has diabetes. <laughs> I know that that is wrong, but it's true. You eat 29 candy bars in one setting, you're probably going to have diabetes. So I'm just, <laughs> let's just take that. Yeah, that's a good move right there. Oh. Uh, it's good to laugh in church, isn't it? <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> Again, that, kid, that kid's got to get a good A on that test because that was just a good answer. Uh, but in life, we have tests. And our life, if you haven't realized this or not, is a series of tests. And it's almost like a fill-in-the-blank kind of test. And you can go and you can write a cute or clever answer in there, but you, you know writing a cute or clever answer isn't going to help you pass that test. I mean, it might be cute and clever, but don't we all want to pass this test called life and live it to the max? And, and God actually has something to say about that. In Psalms chapter 90, verse 12, it says, so teach us to number our days. That we may get a heart of wisdom. What it's saying is it's saying there's a test and there's, there's some things that we need to learn that we need to be taught in life. And what we need to be taught about in our life is the reality that our time is limited here on earth. There are a certain number to your days, there's a certain number to my days. There's, there's a beginning and there's an end and there's a dash in between. And we need to maximize that dash. And in that period of time, the goal should be for all of us to get this heart of wisdom. To get this ability to see and realize that, that time is important and we need to make the most of our time so that we can pass this test called life and become the me that we want to be. And the Apostle Paul actually gives us some clarity, gives us some insight, gives us some practicality on how we should do this in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15, if you want to turn there in your Bible or you want to follow along on your worship God, it says this. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants 
you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, so be careful how you live. What, what the apostle Paul there is saying, if you're taking notes here today, is he's saying, listen, there's a way to live and not a way to live. And then he goes on to say, don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. So he's saying, listen, if you're going to be careful in life and you're going to live like wise people, you need to, number one, choose wisely. You need to choose wisely what you're doing with your life. And that word life there is actually translated as the word time. What are you doing? Be careful with what you're doing with your time. How you are living and numbering your days. Uh, be wise in that. He's saying with the, the minutes and the hours and the seconds of the days, the, the chronos time, the time that we all function with every single day. We gotta, we've got to recognize that we have a limited amount of time, but some of us have some preconceived ideas about our time. A lot of us live like our time is unlimited. Like we have all the time there is and we're constantly adding things to our schedule. We're adding another meeting, we're adding another day, we're adding another, 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 and we never seem to be subtracting things from our schedule. And have you ever noticed that we always seem to think in our mind, you know what, next week I'll have more time. <laughs> but next week comes and it's got the same amount of time as the week before had but yet we try to cram more things in it. Or we say things like, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow, or I'll do that next week. I found a, a t-shirt that says, procrastinators unite tomorrow. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's my, that's my theme right there. You know, it's like, tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, it's like, it's, tomorrow never comes though. Because the bottom line is there is only 1,440 minutes in a day. There's only 168 hours in your week. And next week, you're going to have the same 1,440 minutes every single day. And you're going to have the same 168 hours every single week. So your time is limited. But we also think we have this misconception. We think we can save time. We think that somehow, man, I'm going to save us some time. And so at the end of the week, you're like, you know what, God, I still have 44 minutes left. No, you don't. So many people have this idea, I can save time. You can't. I've go, I go shopping with Shayla, and we'll be out, and we'll find something that she wants, and she'll say to ourselves, you know what, I think I can find this on sale somewhere else, and we'll go somewhere else and buy it and save $20, but spend 20 minutes. Because we think, well, you know, I just, I just saved. No, you don't know. You, you, you spent Get a bad night's sleep. Oh, I'll make that up tomorrow. No, you won't. <laughs> Saying, be careful how you're spending your time. Because our time is our most precious and our most valuable commodity. It is so critical to our lives. There's a reason we call it spending time. Because you are trading your time for something. And what's interesting is what the average American spends their time on. I found this study that says the average American in their personal life, they spend 5.5 hours a day. This is a 24-hour period of day. This is on things like Facebook. Super productive for your life. <laughs> this is like surfing the internet, hobbies, games, TV, 
sports, in their work, people spend about 10 hours a day that's driving to and from work and then doing their job. The average American sleeps 7.75 hours a day. Some of y'all are like, I'd like to have that. Some of y'all are like, that would be a cut down on my sleep time. <laughs> family life, this one kind of blew my mind. The average person spends 0.5 hours with their family, basically 30 minutes a day. Then they had an, a category that they, they listed as other. I kind of threw it in there as spiritual life because I'm going to guess you're here at church, so you have a spiritual life. So we're going to make that your other was literally 0.25 hours, which is 15 minutes. Some of us are wondering why we're not becoming the me we want to be when we're trading our time <laughs> for things that are not taking us any closer to that destination. Like last time I checked, Facebook has never made you a better husband. Instagram has not made you a better wife. Pinterest might because you could do some recipes or, you know, but... <laughs> That was funny right there. <laughs> but here's what I know, is your destiny is defined by your day-to-day -day living. Where you're spending your time. Because where you spend your time today is creating your tomorrow. So the Apostle Paul says, man, you know what? We've got to choose wisely. Be careful how you live. Don't live as the unwise, the person that spends all day on Facebook, but live as the wise. Then he goes on to say in verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What he's saying is number two is you've got to take advantage of your time. You got to take advantage of your time. He says, therefore, he says, make the most of every opportunity. That word opportunity, if you were to translate that into Greek, is actually the word time. He says, make the most of your time, but it isn't the same time as the time up above in the word live or life. It's actually the word kairos. See, the word before was chronos, and meaning your minutes and your days and your weeks and your months and your years. That's chronos time. He says that there is a different kind of time. This is a kairos time. And what kairos is actually defined as, as a moment where divine intervention happens in your life, where the natural meets the supernatural. It literally means there is a moment in your day or in your time where God will literally open up this window that you have the opportunity to move through into something that is greater than you could ever do on your own. And he said all throughout your day that there are these opportunities that are out there. He's saying make the most of these opportunities. Make the most of these divine moments that are available to every single one of us if we just see them. And here's what I know is that all of us can think of somebody in life that we've seen have an opportunity and they completely blew it. Everybody, just think of that person right now. Everybody has somebody in their life. They knew, like, oh, man, that's an incredible opportunity, and they blew it. They missed it, right? I'll think about it. Shayla and I went to the same high school. We, were, we went to Brainton Southeast High School. Uh, our, our, at, at the end of our four years, there was a guy that played on our football team uh, named Willie Sams. He was a four-year starter on our football team. His freshman and sophomore year, he started on... USA Today, number one ranked super prep team back-to-back. -back. He was a defensive end. He was six foot six, 
285, 290 pounds, ran a 4-6, 40-yard dash. Every day during our senior year, we'd have every top coach from every college in the country coming to watch our practices to get a glimpse of Willie Sams. Like, Willie Sams was the prize recruit in the entire state of Florida. Like, everybody wanted, he was the prize recruit in the entire nation. The only problem is, is Willie Sams didn't realize that opportunity has a, a time frame on it. And so every day at practice, Willie Sams never buckled up his shoulder pads. Willie Sams never buckled up his chin strap. The other thing Willie Sams never did is he never actually went to school to get an education. And so at the end of our senior year, when he should have been going to play Division I college like so many other students that were on our football team went to go do, Willie Stams, Sam stayed in Samoset or Onico, Florida, which is in downtown Bradenton. And if you were to go there today, you would find Willie Sams. Why? Because opportunity has a window in life. Divine moments aren't always divine moments. And some of us, God is opening up some Kairos moments in our lives and, and we're looking at our life and we're going, you know what? My marriage isn't necessarily as great as I want it to be. And there's an opportunity right now. We have our connect group signups going on and I could go get into a marriage connect group and maybe connect with some other people and you're, while you're shrinking back and missing out on the opportunity, somebody else is going, you know what? I could improve my marriage in there. I'm gonna jump in and they're gonna have the marriage that you've always dreamed of. And sadly, I hate to say this, by you ignoring your problems, you'll end up like the statistic that you never want to be a part of. That's not very nice, TJ. No, but it's true. Listen, you've had people be nice to you long enough. You need some truth in your life. Eminem says, opportunity knocks once in a lifetime, yo. <laughs> You better lose yourself in that moment. <laughs> he doesn't get a whole lot right, but he got that one right. Yeah. Great revivalist named Leonard Ravenhill says the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. So what does that mean for us? It says make the most of every opportunity. That means you gotta see the opportunity. You're going to see it, which means you've got to start looking for opportunity. The reason most of us don't see opportunity is because it comes in things that we don't really like, like problems and work. Just being honest, that's where, that's where opportunity lies in life. It, it lies in the things that most people shy away from or run away from. In the middle of your difficulty, in the middle of your problem, is probably the greatest opportunity of your life. Thomas Edison says, uh, he said, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. He was on to something. Listen, every day as we're going through our everyday lives, if we'll start looking for opportunity, all of a sudden we'll start to see it everywhere. But here's the deal, we can't just see opportunity. We've got to actually seize opportunity. We got a carpe diem that moment. Seize the day for all of you dead poet society people out there. We gotta, we gotta seize the day. We gotta take advantage of that moment. Not only do we have to see it, we have to step into it. That's why Galatians chapter six, verse 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have a Kairos 
moment, as we have this divine window that God opens up in our lives, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. He's saying, listen, there's going to be moments that are going to be opened up that you think are just for you, but really they're for a lot of other people. And I believe as a church, we're, we're in a season where we're seeing divine moments open up and we're, we're going, hey, we're not going to shrink back in these moments. We're going to step up in these moments. You know, we're a couple of weeks away from coming to the one-year anniversary of the greatest tragedy that's ever hit our community. You know, what happened last Valentine's Day will forever change the meaning of Valentine's Day for most people here in Parkland and Coral Springs and Coconut Creek and Margate and Boca and basically everywhere. And knowing this, the, the MSD community and the school board in the city of Parkland, they invited us into a conversation. They invited the church to come help them. And they said, man, we want to turn a tragedy into something productive for these young people's lives. We want to turn it into something productive for our community that we won't just look at this as a terrible day, but we can turn this into something that we're, we can do something collectively good to make a difference. And we said, hey, why don't, we, why don't we do something that's bigger than ourselves? Why don't we go and feed some kids that are starving throughout the world? And, 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 and I threw out an idea. Let's feed 100,000 kids throughout the world. And they're like, that's a great idea. Because that's all the faith I have right at the moment. And then over time, as we started talking, we started coming up with bigger and bigger numbers. And so on February 14th and 15th, we saw an opportunity for the church and the community to unite and make a difference and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And what the hands and feet of Jesus do is they bring hope to broken and dry places. And so we're partnering up at, at the, the P-Rec at Pond Trails Park on February 14th and 15th. And we're going to feed 770,000 kids throughout the world. And uh, it isn't just our church. Man, we're inviting the entire church. We're inviting the entire community. Why? Because the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within a lifetime of that opportunity. So you got to step through in those moments. And this is our opportunity as what Galatians chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 would say is be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every Kairos moment, every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that they may know how to answer everyone. See, I believe that God is setting you up. He's setting us up every single day, every single moment for opportunities to interact with people to make a huge difference. The question is, is will we see those opportunities and will we seize them? And so he's, he's challenging us. If we're going to be the me that we want to be, then we've got to choose wisely how we're spending our time. And when all of a sudden we start to choose wisely how we're spending our time, all of a sudden we'll see divine moments that God is opening up all around us. And then he continues on in verse 18, and he says, don't be drunk with wine, but instead, because that will ruin your life, just FYI, being drunk will ruin your life if you haven't realized that or not. The Bible told us that. Some of y'all have found that out through DUI. Stop it. Okay. Again, honesty. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this. Have you ever noticed? I, I've just noticed this. Going back to opportunity. Your opportunities in life. It's just something, I don't know why it happens. It's a weird dynamic. Your opportunities will multiply as you start seizing them. 
Because there's a principle, he who's faithful to the little will be given more. You take advantage of the little opportunities that God puts in front of you, he'll present some bigger ones. Take advantage of those, he'll put some bigger ones in front of you. But here's how to make sure you take care of them, how you do it. Number three, you got to fill your life appropriately. you got to fill your life appropriately. He says, don't be full of wine. Instead, be full of the Holy Spirit. Basically, it's a computer term that the Apostle Paul is using here. It's, it's called gigo. And it's this idea that, that if you put nonsense data into a process, what you're going to get out of that process is a nonsense answer. And the term gigo stands for garbage in, garbage out. So what you're filling your life with is going to determine what's coming to come out of your life. So it's an input and output thing. If you're filling your life with wine, you know what's going to come out of your life? A whole bunch of chaos. If you're filling your life with God, you know what's going to come out of your life? God. And so, man, we've got to realize that if we're going to be the me that we want to be this year, We've got to do some things differently. We can't keep continuing to fill our lives with the same old things and expect to get different results. That's called insanity. And some of us have got to stop acting insane, thinking that if we don't change, something's going to change. He's saying if you want some new things, you're going to have to do some different things. And, and I think what we need to do is we need to actually take out of Hosea what Hosea says when it comes to the new year. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, it says, plow new ground for yourselves. Plant righteousness and reap the blessing your devotion will, to me will produce. It is time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and pour out a blessing upon you. See, God has got these incredible plans for your life. He's got these incredible blessings for your life. But the problem is, is there is a process to you getting to that. And there is a way that you have to walk in order to have that. And if you're putting garbage into your life, you're not going to get blessing out of your life. Last time I checked, if you plant cabbage, you're not going to reap apples. And if you're expecting that, we have some people in the back that would like to pray for you. <laughs> but he says, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to plow new ground. Because what God wants to do in your life is he wants to Pour out blessings. In fact, I want you to circle those words, pour out blessings, because I, this is what I know about all of us. We all want God's best for our life. We all want God's extraordinary, mighty power working in our life. And that is the promise of this verse. But with every promise in the word of God, there is a premise. There is an action that we need to take, and the action inside of this verse is, is plow. It's plant. It's Turn. See, the things that we want in our life are going to come when we start taking action towards those things. See, God wants to pour out his blessing on you, but it comes with some action that he needs you to do first. I mean, how many of you guys would like to be closer to God this year than you were last year? I mean, how many of you would like to be out of debt in one, three, five years? How many of y'all would like to be in, in a different shape this year than you were last year? I mean, round counts as a shape, right? 
See, we all want something different than we currently have, which means we got to do something different than what we've only, always done. That's why it says, plow new ground. And if you want to be debt-free a year from now, you got to start cultivating that right now. If you want to have healthy relationships at the end of this year, you got to start building healthy relationships right now. If you want to be closer to God at the end of this year, you need to start building that relationship right now. We live in the fast food society where we think we can just ride up and, and put our order in, and all of a sudden it's going to come out two minutes later. That's not how life works. There's a process to it. There's some labor involved. There's some intensity on your part that's going to need to fill your life differently to get something out of your life differently. That's why he's saying, plow new ground. Don't do the same things that you've done year in and year out. Step out in faith. Do something different. Change the way you've lived to change the life that you have. He says, man, if you plow this year and you plant and you turn and you devote yourself to me, what I'll do is I'll pour out blessing." I think so many times we we miss that. What God is saying is he's saying, I'll take that empty blank space and I'll come and I'll come and I'll start to fill. And I'll fill it with, with expensive stuff too, like Fiji. <laughs> or I'll take some Nestle Pure Life for those of you that like purified water. And he's like, man, I've got an endless supply. I'll pour it out. I'll pour it out. I really want to whip that all over you guys, but they said that wouldn't be appropriate. So they'd be like, you messed up my hair. You're going to pay for this. Like, I didn't want to. I'm not that blessed yet. So. He said, man, I'll pour out something new on you. And I'll fill you with something that's so much greater than what you've wanted to fill yourself with. I'll fill you with a living water. He says, I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit. But even greater than the blessings of God, he's like, man, he says, I will come. See, a lot of us think, man, I just need more things this year to be the me that I want to be. And what God says, what you really need is you need more of me. And the more of me that you get, the more you'll become the person I created you to be.